God the sculptor of the mountains, God the miller of the sea, God the jeweler of the heavens, God the potter of the land, you are womb of all creation. We are formless. Shape us now. Amen. Jacob has left Beersheba, but do you want to know why? Because he's on the run. Just last week, you may remember, he tricked his brother Esau to give away his entire inheritance, his entire birthright. Think all the money that you would be owed if your parents died and gave it to you. All for a pot of red lentil soup. And so Esau the next morning realized that he had gotten snooked. And he was really mad about it. And that's why Jacob is on the way from Beersheba. He's not staying in Beersheba. He's moving. And so in a time you would not expect to have much happen to you, in a place that is nondescript, the text just says, a certain place, which means a nameless spot somewhere between Beersheba and Haran, Jacob goes to sleep. And he has nothing but a rock for his pillow. And what happens with this stupendous dream? The space between heaven and earth collapses, so much so that a ladder can get you from one to the other. And the angels of God are descending from heaven and ascending, and ascending from the earth. And the separation between God and us, earth and heaven, creation and divine, becomes so thin, becomes so collapsed, that you can see the connection. You can see the space between. In Celtic spirituality, that type of space is known as a thin place. And it's often described... You know, people like to go to Iona, and they they have the experience of a thin place there. But it's not exactly a spiritual awakening, you know? Sometimes it's stripping away pretense. Sometimes it's discovering something of yourself. Sometimes it's a sense of transformation, or being perturbed, or challenged, or inspired, or transformed. But I think in the end, a, a thin place is a place that unmasks us that allows sort of the hustle-bustle of the world to fall to the side. The signal fades, and the noise emerges. Sorry, the noise emerges. The signal emerges, and the noise fades. It was a really good metaphor when I thought of it this morning. <laughs> the point is that the truth comes out from within inside of us, you know? Um, and what I think is so powerful about thin places is you find something true about yourself inside them, you know? I just came back from one. It's the Boundary Waters in, in Minnesota, between Minnesota and Canada. And uh, if you, I'll, I'll sort of set the scene for you. Um, you travel by canoe, which is this beautiful Ashinaabe invention. The native people invented this kind of boat that you could both paddle and carry because it's mostly lakes, but every now and then you have to carry it between the lakes. And you can go for hundreds of miles. And everywhere you look, there are shades of green like you can't even count and golds and blues in the sky and pinks and the lake at night is like a mirror and during the day it's like a small sea with wind and waves. Some of the lakes are two and three and four hundred feet deep. Fish at night, we could shine our light into the lake and see bass eating. We could see beavers. They're such smart, creative, beautiful animals. They can dam up creeks and create whole ponds. And they, stay, they, they stick wood under the water in the summer so that when it freezes in the winter, they can bring it into their lodges and loons that can swim underwater and hold their breath for 10 minutes and fly to Florida. 
and, and bald eagles a dime a dozen. And it's just beautiful. And it's stunning. And what I noticed about myself in that thin place was that the sort of the, the, the questions I had been wrestling with, not all of them, but some of them sort of resolved themselves. The things I had wondered about, I, I sort of left that time remembering sort of who I am and what I'm trying to be. And a sense of clarity emerged that it hasn't happened other places. Thin places don't have to be national parks and wilderness areas, but they can be. They can be in this room. They can be the beauty of music and poetry and writing and reading. They can be a conversation with a stranger or a friend or a family member. They can be walking down the street. They can be encountering the beautiful work that happens in this place, like we had with the uniform giveaway with Threads and Midtown Assistance Center. Thin places are those places where the separation between us and God seems to collapse. And in a way, it's something of a paradox because we proclaim a God that is bigger than all things and all places and all times, right? Transcendent. And at the same time, we believe in a God that is imminent, which is incarnational, which is to say that we meet and experience God in a specific place at a specific time. And that's an extraordinary claim to make of the God of all creation. But it is one of the great Christian claims that God sits high and looks low. And we experience God in these thin places. And I sometimes wonder if maybe it's not so much that the separation collapses, but maybe our awareness of God's presence collapses. Our, 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 our tuning in to what God is up to in the world becomes more attuned. So there's a lot happening in this story for Jacob. He certainly encounters this thin place. He, he hears and sees God's vision through his dream. And the story tells us something about the characteristic of God, about the nature of God, about who God is. And that is covenant relationship. As we'll read later in Exodus chapter 6, God will say, You shall be my people, and I shall be your God. It's a central promise through the Hebrew Scriptures and on into the New Testament. And one of the things that we hear in this text too is, No matter where you go, I will go with you. No matter what you do, I will be with you. And then this stunning promise, I love the, the metaphor here. Think how many grains of dust there are around our feet, right? Let alone in the world, right? Billions, countless grains of dust. It's like God's promise to Abraham and Sarah that their offspring will be like the stars in the sky. God promises to, to Jacob that your offspring will be like the grains of dust and that I will bless all the families of the earth, which in this particular text is a really big deal because this text is really focused on the nation of Israel. So for God to promise all the families of the earth, not just the families of Israel, is a really bold promise. God is saying, the blessing of abundant life, which I promise to you, Jacob, I promise to all the families of all creation for all time. And then there's work for us to do in that, of course, is to make sure that God's blessings, God's abundance are available to all the families of the earth. But that's God's promise. And God's promise is to be with us through all of that. And I think the third thing I'd like to lift up from this story is the encouragement, especially during these beautiful, restful months of summer, to go find some thin places in your life. Maybe it's going to be at a mountaintop or a, a, a coast or a beach or a national park or a wilderness or a neighborhood or a living room or a conversation with someone you've never met. 
I think one of the things about thin places is we, in, in them we find the inspiration for the perspiration. You come back from them inspired. You come back from them refreshed and rejuvenated. And the great work that God has placed before you suddenly feels a little bit less daunting. The inbox feels a little bit less pressing. And the work, the relationships that God calls you to feel a bit more inviting, a bit more calling. I want to tell you a story about a thin place in my life and, and the, the way it changed and shaped me and my friends. It starts with a pretty sad part of the story. My friend Max in high school, his dad was a veteran and had PTSD and tragically succumbed to death by suicide. And it was when we were in high school. We were sophomores in high school. And one of the things that Max felt called to was to bring his dad's ashes to the top of Long's Peak in Rocky Mountain National Park. They had tried to climb it many times, and they had never quite gotten there. And if you know the mountain, you have to start at 3 a.m. and start through the trees, and it's a long climb, and then it's alpine, and then it's rocky, and then it's actually a little bit dangerous because you have to cross this narrow ledge. It's about 10 feet wide and drop several feet down, and it's icy and windy, and if it's not safe, you can't go. And they had gotten so close so many times, but they hadn't ever gotten to the top of the mountain. And so Max felt it was his job to bring his dad's ashes to the top of the mountain. And so we invited three friends to go with him. And we sort of thought that this trip was going to be a funeral march, you know, something sad, something difficult, because it was a tragic death. And his dad was really cool. We knew him and, and loved him. But that isn't what happened. It actually turned into one of the most joyful trips I've ever been a part of. We laughed every day from sunup till sundown. We hiked. We had these beautiful mountain alpine lakes, and we talked about all the things that we'd cared about, girls and life and the world and his dad and stories. And it wasn't sad. It was really joyful. It was really funny. It was really happy. And we were carrying his his dad's ashes in in his backpack. And so the day came to get to the top of the the mountain, and you do have to kind of plan this out. So it's 2 a.m. We get up early. We hike up the trees, hike through the alpine space, hike through the boulders. We get to the part where even though it's July, you're wearing winter clothes and a hat and gloves. And we get to that narrow ledge where it's windy and icy, and there's a big drop a thousand feet down, and you, you can't go if it's not safe. And there were, there was a line of about 20 pretty experienced mountaineers who were like, I don't know, I, this is not the day. And we felt like, you know, of all the days, like, we're not going to give up. You get summit fever. You want to get to the top. And we didn't go. We, we turned back, actually. So we didn't scatter the ashes on top of the mountain. We, we came back down. And I remember packing up the car. We sort of putting our bags back in. And um, I remember seeing Max take the box of ashes out of his backpack and put it sort of respectfully in in the trunk of the car. And later his family would scatter them respectfully in in town. And I thought a lot about that trip and what it was sort of shaping us and how how it was speaking to us. And it was a lot like a thin place. Maybe it even was a thin place. Because we remembered that we had each other. We had that relationship and love and support of each other, just like God promises covenant relationship to each of us. And in a way... It was a journey. It was a processing of this incredibly difficult moment in in Max's life and and for us vicariously in our lives too. And what I took from that was that if you don't know what to do in a difficult moment, if you don't have clear answers, if you don't have, um, you're not sure what to do with something hard, that you can take it to God. You can take it to a place and a space 
that will inspire and transform and unmask and challenge in all the ways, you can sit with it and that God can sit with it with you. And that in that process, in that journey, somewhere along the way, truth emerges, love and confidence and strength emerges that you kind of can't know about till you feel it, till you experience it. And I just remember him taking the box of ashes out of his backpack into the, into the car in a way that was different than he put it in the pack. Do you know what I mean? Like, there was something about him that had changed. And I felt that something about me had changed, too. And it doesn't take away the pain and the suffering, but it still was a way of journeying through it, you know? And so what I want to invite you to, especially in these last precious weeks of summer, is to be on the lookout for those thin places in your life where the space between what feels like a distant God and our lives can collapse to the point where a ladder could get you between them. To be on the lookout, there'll be spaces and there'll be times you never expected, but God will show up. And to pay attention to that and to seek that out, to yearn for God's inspiration to unmask us all. And I said these things to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.